It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down I was born. Hello, welcome back to another episode of American Loser. It is the podcast that puts the spotlight firmly on second place. Where else could we be, Dad? Then, oh shit, my dad's not here. Okay, my dad's not here this episode. Um, let's uh, let's throw to uh, behind the ones and twos, the best sound engineer in the game, Big Kahuna. How you feeling today? Oh shit! All right, Kahuna's not here either. Um, this is not good. Uh, I'm gonna have to rely on our guest heavily today. Thank God he's a funny dude. Thank God he's my pal, Michael Lewis Salona. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, rely on me heavily. Uh, starting off with a fat joke, a little awkward. <laughs> all right, I'm done. Now I'm leaving you. <laughs> no, dude. First of all, because what's the name of your podcast? I know you're not doing it right now, but people can listen to back episodes. I don't even care. Uh, <laughs> go to mikesalonacomedy.com. The podcast is dead, just like Kahuna. That's up. Uh, yeah, Kahuna was killed in gang violence earlier today, guys. Uh, and uh, my father, well, he's um. He decided he was going to go ahead and schedule something a little bit more fun than this podcast, which uh, is making me have some serious doubts about my continued partnership with him. <laughs> all right. It's all over, man. But now, uh, Kahuna had a scheduling snafu, so he's not here today. Uh, we actually just got to meet Chris, the other uh, uh, sound Very engineer. Nice. What a nice guy he is, really. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to have such a, a, an easy time replacing Kahuna with him. Um, you're dead to me, Christian. It's <laughs> I'm messing around. He's going to edit this episode and hear that and then say something to me. But now... Uh, we are uh, we are riding. Uh, I, I always said solo. It's not really solo. It's uh, you and me known each other for a while, man. Yeah. Um, I think you're a funny, dude. We work together. It's a good partnership. I really I really believe that. We couple really great good comedy cop, sketches. Good cop, bad cop. An <laughs> unlikely duo <laughs> in a world. Not for nothing. Uh, in a world is a great way to uh, almost encapsulate today's episode. So I told you what we were going to talk about here today. Yes. Um, and if anyone doesn't know at home, if this is your first episode that you're listening to, for some weird, strange reason, typically I'm joined by my handsome dilf of a dad in dilf. studio. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. Nice. Um, well, it's weird. He gets uh, he, he his commanding presence occasionally will uh, women will just kind of like flirt with him, but then my mom's just like like listen, I'm gonna cut you. Well, he so, looks like a retired state trooper. Uh, you know how many people think he's a cop and then think he's military, too? Yeah. It's, it's no, really, he definitely has that look. Like, he'd say the N-word in private. No. No, <laughs> no it, uh, my father, one of the most You're like, no, he does people. it publicly. That's <laughs> <laughs> Way off, Mike. <laughs> no, man. It's, uh, no, uh, LP's, uh, he was a retired shop teacher. That's the true-to-life story. And then he worked, uh, he was a, a carpenter, master carpenter. It is you want to talk about frustrating. So is Jesus. That's uh, My father is Jesus. That's correct. Nice. It's, uh, <laughs> actually, I'm more like Jesus. We don't know. Uh, I'm adopted, so we have no idea. You know, it could very well be. But And you're hung like this. Hello. It's, uh, for audio. Dear, God, dear God. Dear God, Michael. Oh, boy. Um, Jesus Christ. Not for nothing, because it's obviously it's a history show. But uh, first and foremost, I do want to get one thing out there. Uh, we're drinking the official beer of American Loser here mm. today. Uh, yes. You're not much of a beer guy. No, I don't have a history with it. Oh, uh, this guy. <laughs> uh, 
Um, now the thing is, I grew up in Pennsylvania. Everyone drinks lagers and stuff, and like I was telling you, I'm I'm a high school chick. I like <laughs> vodka sprites, uh, Corona or Coors, and like if I'm at the casino, I'll get some amaretto sours. Nothing wrong with it, dude. There's mm. nothing wrong with Bahama it. Bahama Bay Breeze, what's up, girl? That's uh, you know, Mike Salona's having a good time when there's a umbrella in his drink. Pina That's coladas <laughs> are the best, man. <laughs> Well, uh, we're drinking the old Navisink IPA here today from Ross Brewing, which is uh, the official beer of American Loser. Uh, it's available in New York right now, about to be available in Jersey, and hopefully worldwide soon. That's It's a damn good Can beer. Can I take a sip quick? I uh, like that. First, what is this, craft beer? I'm not even a beer drinker. Yeah. Let's see. Mike's going to drink out of the same cup as me, so he's going to have herpes. Um, what do you think, Mike? Talk it actually tastes a lot better than uh, what I'm used to of like craft beer stuff. It's a West I can, Coast I can drink IPA, this. baby. I can actually drink that. No, it's good. They're very Most nice. Most of the times it's too uh, – here's the thing. A lot of non-big like big beer people, they just go to the store. They don't even know. But there's a whole True. world of beers that are beyond uh, cores at the shop, right? So it's uh, They're in that weird craft thing right now, which yeah. is kind of cool. But uh, It tastes good, though. I like, I'm glad you said that. Nice man. aftertones. It's, <laughs> I don't know. It's aged nice. Well, my theory on the craft beer thing is that they've essentially turned alcoholism into Pokemon Go. Oh, my God. It's for like adults. My, did you have a Ross Brew? No, I've had a cane. Did you have an Icarus? I have a level 19 Icarus. <laughs> well, people, too, it's like, oh, KP, I see you're in Vermont. You've got to bring me back $800 worth of this one beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, a guest of the show, a, a, a pal of both of ours, I think, uh, Scott Brennan, he once told me, he was just like, uh, he, goes, he goes, hey, man, um, if you're down uh, near Atlantic Highlands, can you stop by and pick this one particular beer up? And then you look at like the hours of operation for the brewery, and it's like, you have to be there 45 minutes early to get in because it's a limited, and I was like, dude, I'm not... I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to camp out on Black Friday for your beer, dude, That's, all right? <laughs> I have friends that, yeah, they'll go like three days early and get a hotel, and they're like, they only do this once a year. They put the beer out. Oh, man. Jesus Christ. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Oh, man. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. We uh, I'm going to dive in uh, to our topic here shortly, but I did want to throw to you real quick, Mike. Um, my you're history not, background. Yeah. What's, what is your history? Because my thing is, it's all passion. I was... In school, uh, history class was I came to life, and that was when people were like, "Holy, all right, this kid's a little bit smarter, and I can't believe he's talking as much as he is. And he, why does he know all this stuff?" Well, the thing was, growing up as a kid, I used to read all these old history books my dad had that he when he was a kid, um, and then I read any. I was obsessed with history. I was did just, you guys ever throw a ball back and forth? Oh, <laughs> we did plenty of that too, man. Yeah, Dad, can we hang out? He's like, "Go read these books. Leave me alone. <laughs> trying to well, bang mom." Every um, <laughs> <laughs> well, every um. Every vacation for us, too, was always historical places, um, but not for nothing. It, it was – I loved it. I like – because I, I read a lot to try to go to sleep at night as a kid. Um, and then even just pictures before I really knew how to read, I, I would like the old oil paintings. Now? Oh, I yeah. I, if I read now, I fall asleep. It's it, it's almost helpful, It's a calming. Right? It's yeah. medi- it, <laughs> or I'll get 30 pages in. I go, I have none of this in my brain. I got to go back. It's uh, – I've never had to go back with a book for the most part, but um, – the, the thing that always made me laugh is that these old, like, uh, uh, these history books, my father would tell me that as a kid, you would buy them in the grocery store. What? That tripped you out a little bit, right? You can't imagine going into a King's and then coming out with an encyclopedia and a no. roast beef sandwich. 
But I want two loaves of Italian bread and uh, catcher in the rye. <laughs> rye bread. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine pulling a ticket down at the deli counter and then just sitting there and you're like, oh, what, what encyclopedia do you want? <laughs> I want a fresh mozzadella and... Uh... Let me get the history of uh, Connecticut Yankee whaling. That's... <laughs> Can I get a bratwurst and Mein Kampf? Thanks, guys. <laughs> Is that German food? That's a specialty store, pal, oh. right? But uh, No, because obviously I grew up obsessed with history. Still am. Love it. Yeah. Uh, now, what is Michael Lewis Salona's history with history? Uh, I am the lowest common denominator. I don't even know if that's the right saying. That's how stupid I am. History was never my thing. I don't think I've ever gotten above a D. I got caught cheating multiple <laughs> years on history. I... Uh, I got into honors English somehow, and uh, we had to do a paper on the Civil War, and I was like, I'm going to do it on the 54th Regiment, all black regiment. Yeah, dude, glory. Guaranteed to get an A on this. You know, it's like going full, you know what. And uh, I plagiarized, got a zero, got kicked out of honors English. Mom pulled me out of school. I was going to go to a Catholic school. It was a whole thing. She beat me (laughs) with a dog leash and said I was going to go to military school. I don't like history. I like you, KP. That's why I'm here. I'm so nervous. You're like I'm re- for months. You're like I'm excited. Here's the date. I'm like I really am ner. I don't. I don't know anything about it. I uh, my family is so stupid. We uh, as a joke, we'll do like spelling tests for fun. We'll do uh, scholastic scrimmages, and I host it. I go. All right. When was the War of 1912? <laughs> And, and my brother, who went to an Ivy League college, genius, he goes, it's 1812. I'm like, oh, well, when was that war? Like, I'm just trying to be witty. You should have thrown something at him and just been like, are you talking about the beginning of the Great War, which would later be known as World War I? I'm gonna, that is the correct time frame. Here's, here's my capacity on history. <laughs> I can't tell you which was first, Vietnam or Korean War. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. My uh, grandfather was in, he was in a concentration camp. He was in the military. I don't know what war that was. I'm guessing World War II. Uh, that would be the correct assumption. And um, not for nothing, Mike, uh, you're an Italian guy. So Mike is actually a direct descendant of Benito Mussolini, for those listening at home, uh, which is great because he doesn't know who that is. I have so. no idea who that is. <laughs> uh, he was a composer. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> well, I think he got a deli over there. Got that's the a- best fresh mutts. <laughs> No, he was like a dictator, I'm guessing. He sounds like an asshole. He was, yeah. He was a bad guy. He was a bad thumbs guy. Thumbs down. True. That, I'm like that. I could do thumbs up, thumbs down. Like, I know Joseph Stalin is horrible. Well, I'll tell you what. I like and there's your... a book where he's a pig or something, 1984, Brave New World. I don't know. I like your, your thumbs up, dumb. thumbs down system here, because there is a good guy, bad guy thing. We have a guy today for the show that's actually going to blur the line between these two. Yeah. So, um, Mike, when I describe an outlaw from the Old West, what's kind of the imagery that comes to mind to you? I think it's just based off TV. So, like, uh, I see, like, a handkerchief over his face. Okay. It's more like Western or Road to Perdition, Tom Hanks. A little bit of that, too. Yeah, a great movie, by the way. Yeah, um, names are Michael and Peter, which is me and my brother. Well, uh, (laughs) because... Peter dies. Ah, man. Um, Well, not for nothing. um, There is a weird thing with the Old West, because there's an imagery that gets conjured up with that a lot. And typically, it's like you said, there's a bandana over your man, like the face, so it's a highwayman kind of a Six look. shooter. Usually, uh, guys wearing a black hat from the movies and stuff like that, we, we like to think of. African-American and, hat. And a, <laughs> Come on, it's 2020. A, a, a person of color hat. Um, <laughs> no, we're teasing on that one, man. We actually do. We got some crazy, awesome guests uh, lined up and some insane topics for uh, the Black History Month episodes. We found some really there cool stuff. There are no stuff. losers that month. Come it's, on, uh, now. No, I agree. Dude. Well, it, it's... Uh, 
once we get to those, it'll be really interesting. But I'm, I'm particularly yeah. happy with this year because now we kind of we planned ahead for it. Last year was like, we should do this. Let's figure out a way to do it. But, um, but I'm going to tell you what, we're going to dive in on this uh, little topic here today, brother. I'm really excited because you first we're going to do Robert Kennedy. RFK. Here's real quick. Everyone <laughs> wants to shit on the Kennedys. What the fuck did your family do? I mean, everyone's shitting on them. My my parents, you know, dropped out of high school. I mean, you got the Kennedys, they're crushing it, and everyone loves to crap on them. I wish my dad was banging Marilyn Monroe. That's a, Well, I'll tell you off but air. But they all died tragically. They sure did. They're like the uh, Texas Tornado family of... Uh, oh, man. That's a deep reference. Sorry. Well, bad stuff happened to JFK in Texas. So. I know that, but not history That's stuff. A- <laughs> like, I can tell you, like... Yeah. Well, that one becomes almost a current event here. Uh, now, today's one that we're going to cover, and by the way, if you want to talk about a family, uh, what did your family ever do? Wait till I tell you what Kahuna's family used to do. Uh-oh. I'll tell you off air. It's pretty damn good. Guests of the show and, and close friends of mine know his true uh, backstory, but Kahuna's one of the most fascinating people ever. I'm sad he's not here because uh, <laughs> there, there's a, a couple of things about this particular loser today Fascinating that are and lazy. Okay. That's, uh, <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. He called you that, Christian. I didn't. Um, but uh, when you think of these Wild West outlaws, you're probably not thinking of an English-born... American Civil War veteran who went on to rob stagecoaches and wrote poems for his victims. Enter yeah. today's loser, the infamous Black Bart. You know it, buddy. Now, uh, Black Bart, that sounds like um, uh, there's a bunch of things. You've seen a Christmas story, right? Yeah, it'll shoot your eye out. Yeah, so remember the scene where um, he is, he's got the rifle and he's defending the backyard against yeah. the outlaws? Guess who the lead outlaw is? It's uh, he has to fight Black Bart. Whoa! Yeah. It's not the same one, but the fact that the same name is used kind of spoke to me. And you and I talked before the episode because you're aware of some other weird pop culture connections with this guy. Yeah, Black Bart, and the fact that he writes poetry, he's like an emo bank robber, <laughs> circa 2003. Well, uh, that's going to come into play here later when yeah. we talk about his legacy too. So just to set this up for everybody here, I thought this was worth noting. Uh, Black Bart was a. Uh, you can't trust people that give themselves their own nicknames. And Did he give himself his own nickname? I don't know because he goes by – he was born Charles Bowles, B-O-L-E-S, okay, in uh, about 1828 because they, they don't really have great records on him, in uh, Norfolk, England. Do you know anybody else from Norfolk, England? No. I like that technically there's a patriotic podcast because he's not really American. It's um, it's weird. So he, he's always a loser if you're not American. Well, his uh, his losing ways happen here on the uh, the continent, if yeah. you will. Um, That's how he was pissed about losing the war, the Revolutionary War. Came over. See, I know the Revolutionary War. It's weird because we he, won he winds because up. Mel Gibson. Yeah, <laughs> uh, everyone knows that. Which I found out later, he's not even American. I was I was like, really? Mel, I, I feel like Mel was born in New York and then raised in Australia. Oh, okay, then it's all right. Yeah, it's Sorry. a weird thing. I think he's born like Elmira, he's an anchor New York. Baby. Yeah, essentially. Typical. <laughs> well, uh, Norfolk, England, which by the way, uh, the largest naval base in the entire world is in Norfolk, Virginia, and they call it Norfolk down there. They don't. The L is silent for some reason. Uh, and that is where I did not want to get stationed while I was in there. So I was very happy to avoid that. How far is that from uh, William and Mary? Or like I don't think it's too Colonial far. Williamsburg. Well, Norfolk is near um, – uh, where was Allen Iverson from? Philly? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Allen Iverson was from uh, – damn, I can't believe I'm blanking right now in, in, in Virginia. But it's uh, – it's Atlanta. A, 
No, no, he's from Virginia. Oh. Um, but it, it's pretty wild down there. It's a, it's a weird... Um, Virginia's a weird place. First of all, the fact that it, it won't even call itself a state. They're like, we're a commonwealth. Do you understand? Everyone there is uh, very... Not preppy. What's the word for Like they, Yeah, it's like a, There's it's a southern there. hospitality. Yeah, then meets like the north still too. It's a weird, weird place, man. But muggy as hell. Now you want to talk about a weird place? Norfolk, England is interesting. Uh, many famous names, by the way, are from Norfolk. Uh, check this one out. Uh, so Black Bart is from there, legendary outlaw of the West, as we're going to talk about. Roger Taylor, the drummer for Queen, is Ooh. from there. Princess Diana, Princess of Wales, she's from there. Uh, Thomas Paine, who uh, went on to author a certain little pamphlet called Common Sense which was the propaganda that was read out loud that started the American Revolution, essentially. Ah. Taxation without representation, all that stuff Tea was coming party. through. Yeah, uh, essentially, yeah. Um, <laughs> British naval god Horatio Nelson, Lord Admiral Horatio Nelson is from there. And, Horatio? Uh, and get this, oh, it's a good name. And get this one. This is the one you're going to like, buddy, because um, I feel like this is probably the song you dance to with your wife at your wedding. Um, British-born, uh, but American one-hit wonder. James Blunt. <gasps> You're beautiful, <laughs> You're beautiful. He is from Norfolk, England. Same place as Black wow. Bart. So uh, we're going to call him Bart for the episode, just so that we have some yeah. sort of like sense of continuity. But uh, Bart, as he would become known, was because uh, you have siblings, right? One brother, older brother. One older brother. Gotcha. So um, Bart, it comes from like back then, families were huge. They just were. Yeah. You had a lot of kids. Um, whether that's because of no condoms or mortality Another potato rate. in the soup. That's they <laughs> well, uh, Bart is the third of 10 children. Holy smokes. Yeah, and their father moves the family to America when Bart is just two years old. Okay. They relocated to Jefferson County, New York, where the family would try their hand at farming. And uh, probably, if he was still around, would be a Buffalo Bills fan, which is uh, tragic in and of itself. I mean, I, I do. I wish Buffalo had gone further in the playoffs. I truly do. But... They're, everything's there for them. They just don't have it. I mean, you're not getting past Kansas City. I don't know if anybody is. So I don't know anything about sports. I know, but that's why it was fun to talk about. <laughs> I've seen three Super Bowls. They were fun. It's, uh, well, you have to do what you have to do, brother. Um, I like the wings part of it, though, to go back to Buffalo wings. That That's where they came from. That's yeah. true. And if you ever have the original buffalo sauce or whatever, you can put that on anything, and it makes everything taste buffalo better. Buffalo sauce is great. But the it has to be the original one from the place that invented buffalo wings. Mm. Yeah, I believe the backstory on that one, just to go down a weird left-hand turn real quickly, because there's no Jersey tie-in for this one. Kahuna's not here to give us the casting couch. Uh, all of our, our traditional segments that we like to do, there's no, there's really not, there's a little bit of a loserception, but it's a it, it's a distant one. So people might hate this episode. Okay. No, no, they're going to be good to go on that one. The it, celebs aren't in today. You got me no, who knows nothing about history. The celeb people is in today, like, buddy. Fuck this. We got a big name guest here, all right? It's Big name, another fat joke. God damn it, Thanks, Mike. guys, I'm leaving. <laughs> That's my time. Go to com. Got a bunch of shows coming up, and I'm going to get buffalo sauce. Uh, but it was, uh, I believe it was made with leftover, um, like, uh, spaghetti sauce from the Italian. And they, they left that, and then they, they changed that. They put a little hot sauce and peppers or in it. Cayenne pep. Oh, it was good, dude. Damn, it was good. But uh, a friend of mine got it for me because he lived up in Buffalo back in the Navy days. He came back with, like, a case of the original stuff. <sighs> you could put that on three-day-old pizza. And you would sit there and you would want to kiss the man who made the pizza. That's good. But that being said here, um, in uh, 1849, Michael Lewis, uh, a certain type of fever is going to grip the nation. Uh, 
especially it's uh, it's young men. And uh, no, it's not Latina fever, as uh, most white boys I grew up with got caught. Um, it's bad, dude. Super Bowl halftime show this year. J-Lo, Shakira. Oh, man. It's... It's 1997. There's going to be a lot of heavy breathing going on during that halftime show. <laughs> From me or them. That's a <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it was a, a fever, if you will, and uh, a rush, okay? A, a rush. I'm giving you a... Uh, Neil Peart. Clo- Rest in peace. Oh, that's sad, yeah. Um, but uh, a rush that would inspire a cross-continental movement and even a five-time Super Bowl winning team with names like Joe Montana and Steve Young, a quarterback. Oh, come on, 49ers. You know it, buddy. Gold rush. So, hashtag Oregon Trail. That's a <laughs> Well, um, as we've said on the show before, uh, in the Oregon Trail, uh, we don't like to talk about it because uh, I died of consumption in Salt Lake City. Um, but uh, Bart and his brothers decide they're going to go out prospecting for gold in what is actually modern-day Sacramento. Okay. You ever been out to California? Uh, I went to the porno convention in Vegas once. Oh, wow. That is uh, not even close to what I asked, but I'm still fascinated. With my dad and uncle. (laughs) Hey, Mikey. That's a different podcast. Come meet your aunt. How you guys doing? Oh, man. It's... um... Don't go near the gays. (laughs) Well, uh, Bart and his brother uh, were prospecting for gold, like I said out there. They were unsuccessful, like most people, because really to hit gold was not common. Um, Bart winds up losing both of his brothers that he's on the trip uh, with to illness on the second round of their venture so they have they don't loser yeah that's where it comes in buddy um now bart gets married uh and he fathers four children okay and they relocate to decatur illinois around 1860 all right back then how do you know like because it's it's not even word of mouth because everyone's so far apart it's like, oh, my cousin KP that I saw 30 years ago said Illinois is nice. Maybe yeah. we'll walk. It really is. But how do you know you get there? They don't even have signs up. And st- this looks As good. we've covered, there, there's, we just did an episode on the Donner Party, and you realize that they got sold a bad map. You know, they got literally they got hoodwinked into pretty much eating each other. So. Yeah. Donner Party 5. <laughs> it's, uh, it's rough uh, with all this going around here. But not for nothing, uh, I know you're not super big on dates and everything like that with history, but can you kind of give me an idea? And I guarantee one of your early guesses is going to be right. But he relocates to Illinois, all right, and um, he does this in 1860. Is there any particular maybe argument that America's going to have with itself around this time frame? Prohibition? <laughs> Dude, I'm dumb as fuck, man. No, you're not. You're a handsome boy. Are we allowed to curse? I'm sorry. Yeah, you are. Don't worry about it, man. Can I say uh, the N-word? It's, no, uh, right. I mean, it just, it's, you know, it's, uh, I'm going to distance myself from that because we're trying to do something with the show, Michael. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, not for nothing, um, there's a lot going on in the country at the time. The northern states are upset with the southern oh, states the a little War. bit. Oh, the Civil War. You know it, 54th buddy. 54th Regiment. Come on. It is, uh, yeah. Now, here's how I know you got busted for um, what you did with your paper about the 54th uh, Massachusetts. Uh, was I wrote it? word for word what was in the book. It's called plagiarizing. Well, I, that too. <laughs> and then your teacher probably figured it out when they said, well, uh, who led uh, the 54th Massachusetts? Oh, Matthew Broderick. Yeah, that's a- <laughs> it was like Denzel Washington was there. Yeah, Denzel, Morgan Freeman. It was a good time. I think there, Carrie Elways was in there. Too. There was literally a point where he goes, read your paper. And I read it. And he goes, now read it from this book. And I read it. Uh, and he goes, do you see a problem here? I go, no, because I know I wrote it. <laughs> I still, I, I went down with the ship, man. By saying that I wrote it, that's actually genius because that's almost like uh, in the Civil War time frame. This is true. 100% true. Uh guys uh, you know, young men rather who wanted to join up with the military because it's almost like uh 
it's almost like that thing where it's like a an older brother or a parent wants to get a kid to start acting their age or act a little bit older. It's like, oh, well, uh, that's for babies. You know, are you not going to fight for your country like a baby? And then be kids who are like 15, 16 years old that would lie about their age. Yeah. So what would happen a lot is that they would take like a, a, a coin or like a little piece of uh, a paper or something like that. And they'd write the number uh, 18 on it. And I might have the age wrong, but it doesn't matter for the, the bulk of the story. But um, they would say uh, uh, they'd write the number 18 on it and they would put that underneath their shoe. And uh, when the guys would ask them, you know, the, the recruiters or whatever would ask them, are you over 18? They would say, I'm over 18. Oh. I'm standing over 18. But that, That's interesting. I always, like, you hear stories of uh, people going to war and it's, weren't they, like, promised stuff? Like, or I guess. A lot of times, yeah. It was like, oh, well, you'll get land. Uh, this is where I'm so bad with history. I think I'm talking about 40 acres and a mule. Oh, boy. A, <laughs> that was part of uh, uh, restitutions that were supposed to be made uh, for post-slavery America. I feel but, like this is the History for Dummies episode because we're not even covering the topic yet because you just keep explaining actual no, history that everyone good. learns in that's third grade to me. <laughs> you're like, Mike, we're in America, which Christopher Columbus – uh-oh. Jeez, that's con- <laughs> confrontational. Uh, sorry. No, dude. It's all good, man. Plus, uh, not for nothing – our show, our audience tends to be people that um, like and enjoy history. We're, we're, our show is for the people who are curious, not necessarily the scholarly. Oh, okay. So this is perfect. Um, Hopefully they're sit, sitting down, drinking that beautiful beer. A uh, Navasink IPA from Ross Brewing. Yep. You know it, bud. Uh, but there's lots going on in the country at the time. The Civil War is going on. Like Abe said, Lincoln. Young men are, are can't wait to sign up to serve in what – there's still an idea of glory in wars, you know. Uh, callback. Um Shoot me some red coats. That's that a, was in the Patriot too. That's <laughs> the kid. The kids like I want to fight. Well, uh, Illinois is obviously. What side are they going to be on in the Civil War, Mike? Oh fuck. Let's see. Where Where is Illinois? Uh, in seventh grade, I got caught cheating on the map test. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I've been to New Orleans before. I know a little bit about Illinois. Uh, Illinois is that where Field of Dreams is? Iowa. Way off. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say north. That's uh, It is in the north. You're yes. correct, my friend. And not for nothing, Lincoln, who you just mentioned, is technically from Illinois. And a vampire hunter. So that's a <laughs> we covered that on another episode, too, actually. I heard he was um, gay. Uh, it's been disproven. Rumors. Yeah, it was. Uh, there, there was weird things with Guess all that stuff. Guess he had stuff. a beard. That's a <laughs> hey! Well, one of our favorite episodes we did was uh, Mary Todd Lincoln. It's a damn good one. Uh, she's a fascinating lady. Is that man. the one in the sizzle? Uh, she gets mentioned in the yeah. We, they don't know about that, by the All way. Right, the sorry. audience is not aware we tried that yet. Um, so I'm excited. We could be we could be doing some good things here in a couple of weeks. Hello. That's uh, but uh, Black Bart, as we're going to call him, he's not known by that yet. But he enlists in the Union Army and he joins up with the 113th Illinois on August 13th, 1862. This is proven by his enlistment paperwork. So that there's like legal documents to prove this. I have a question. Talk 103rd Illinois. 113th. 113th. Does that what does that number mean? Like you served, was there a number involved? What does it mean? By the state? Each state has the same number? Like could I be 113th New Jersey? Uh, potentially, yeah. So uh, it, here's how it worked. In the mo- and that's not a bad question at all. In short, so the two places I served in the Navy was uh, I served on the USS Kearney, which was uh, Guided Missile Destroyer the 64. Carney? The Joe Kearney? I gave him a hat, actually. I gave him a Kearney oh, ball cap nice. for uh, him and his father. Um but uh, that was DDG-64. So that was Guided Missile Destroyer 64, which just meant it was the 64th Guided Missile Destroyer made off of that model. So the, the, it's their way of kind of keeping track But when track they upgrade the ship or whatever, they get a new name? 
Um, no, because once you get your designation, you're that forever. Like not for uh, nothing, the the uh, the Irish Volunteers were the New York 69th. They still exist. They're the New York National Guard unit located in Manhattan itself. But say when you were serving, you were in Florida, right? Correct. Say another fleet needed someone, could they send you and then you're no longer part of Florida? You're like, I'm now part of um, You could be reassigned a lot. The ship that I was on, it was actually funny. Another guest on the show was my buddy Tim Rich, who was on the Donner Party episode. And he joined the Navy uh, like a full eight years after I got out. But he wound up getting assigned to the same destroyer squadron that my old ship was in. So he sailed out at sea with my ship a lot. Ah. And they got relocated to Rota, Spain. So, so it's like uh, fraternities. It's like, oh, we're in the same thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool. a flexible lifestyle, um, especially when you're drawn up. Now, not for nothing, uh, this 113th Illinois, they see some shit, dude. They they this is not like, a, hey, we're we're here for the parades and you know make sure everybody's okay. It's not like George Bush doing the Coast Guard. Well, they get uh, they get thrown into um, the Battle of Vicksburg, also known as the Siege of Vicksburg. Okay, it's one of the wars uh, bloodiest battle. It is, it's a rough go of it. Um, the hero general of the Union in that battle would go on to be a future president of the United States, <gasps> Ulysses S. Grant. Thank you for not asking me. That's <laughs> <laughs> no worries on that one, dude. So uh, Ulysses S. Grant, that's where he's getting his um, – he's now uh, – literally, he's just a badass dude. He's the, – the southern generals have this uh, – brilliance on the battlefield and grant's just like well what if i uh what if i you know burn everything kind of a deal why don't they do that anymore like i want the person in power that's been there done that fuck shit up and got us to the finish line oh we still got it trust me that there's no shortage of uh of intense no i'm saying like we have president trump who uh, it's a history no, no, show no no, no 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 what i'm saying is um I, it would be awesome if someone had an eye patch and he's like, I fucking killed bin Laden. I want to be your president. I'd be like, hell yeah. Uh, there's a, you know what I mean? There's a guy in Texas, uh, one of the Republican guys, Dan Crenshaw, who was uh Oh, he does uh, that. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> like if he ran, I'd be like, oh shit. Like uh, he knows. That's All right, <laughs> here we go. Um, but uh, these guys get into it, man. They're down in uh, the siege of Vicksburg. Okay. Which, just to let you know, that is how you, if you want to break the Confederacy's back, because the Confederacy was kicking ass to start the Civil War. It was not really looking good for the I saw Patriot, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I only have seen Patriot and Glory, so this it's is all we're... Well, we're going to, it's weird, we're mixing both worlds of that. You are, if you, could just, if you could just watch The Magnificent Seven, we could get you, like, that's the entire world and scope that this whole episode's going to take place in. But, uh, so, uh, Vicksburg happens, that's a siege led by uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Um, and then Robert E. Lee, the head of the Confederacy, the, the ar- leader of the Army of Northern Virginia, he gets beat at Gettysburg, okay, <gasps> around the exact same time frame, like within days apart of each other. Ooh. So uh, your best general, who's like the, the flagship guy with the best army in the whole Confederacy, loses uh, up in Virginia. And then and now Grant you, was like a drunk too, right? He had, he a there was a reputation guy? to it, yeah. And then uh, the other guy who was a bit of a boozer is uh, a guy who's going to come into play here in a little bit too. Um, but not for nothing. He gets uh, our boy, Black Bart, who we're talking about today. He gets seriously wounded at the Siege of Vicksburg. Where at? In um, his body. They actually didn't say. They didn't say. But it was very common to get injuries here. The Civil War is that, weird. But people were dying from, like, flesh wounds because they can't clean it. There's, like, horse shit everywhere. True. That's You say you don't know anything about history, but this is a true fact that you kind of alluded to already, is that um, with the uh, – Civil War, there were more casualties from disease Ugh. and off the battlefield than there were casualties on the field. What's the war in uh, Dances with Wolves? Uh, well, that is post, um, 
that's post-Civil War, so that's like the Native Americans. So it's uh, the opening scene. They're like, "We're gonna cut your leg off," and he's like, "No," and he puts his boot on and rides off. Yeah, that was um, that was the end of the Civil War, the tail end of that. Ah. Year, so, all right, guys, we took a little uh, quick break here in American Loser. Uh, so we don't normally do that. We normally are a break-free kind of a show. Today's a weird day though. We had to refill that beer, that delicious beer. We did tap the keg for Ross Brewing's Navisink IPA. That's true. Um, the guy who helped us with that is actually the guy who's bailing us out of a bad spot here today. Uh, behind the ones and twos, the big kahuna is no more, guys. We fired him. We replaced him. Meet Chris, his replacement. How are you, bud? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh-oh, I'm not even getting picked up. Uh-oh. Wild. That's okay. That's <laughs> well, Chris is going to help us out here. He actually bailed us out uh, big time here. So, obviously, we're in studio. we got my buddy Mike Salona. Uh, Hello. A very funny comic. Um, and... We kind of just did all the background work here. So in the second half of this episode, we get to actually break down. This is a wild dude here. So uh, I'm going to just do a brief recap for Chris. Uh, so this guy, uh, he becomes known as Black Bart. Okay? Mm-hmm. Black Bart. And he is uh, not a pirate. He's actually he's going to become an infamous out west, wild west outlaw. And uh, pretty, pretty fancy backstory. But he's born in England. So he's not like your typical, this isn't like a Jesse James, Billy the Kid kind of a thing. He's not rootin' tootin'. He came over from England. It's He's very he's a proper and sophisticated gentleman. I'd like to rob your bank. <laughs> well, their accents are funny, too, because there's the uh, uh, the blue-collar English. We hear an English accent, we're like, oh, this guy's really smart. Sometimes they're just like uh, a friggin', you know, a coal miner over there. A dumb we're, bloke? Yeah, we're just like, my <laughs> God, my, what, what libraries you must have, sir. I work at Home Depot. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that because I worked at Home Depot. <laughs> But uh, not for nothing, um, we covered this. So Bart comes to uh, America as a, as a very young kid. He's two years old when he comes over here. Uh, and then he winds up, uh, he's trying his hand at uh, gold prospecting, gets his way out to California. Uh, it does not go well for him. He winds up uh, serving, whether it's a sense of duty or just an opportunity for a steady paycheck. Um, and it wasn't really great payback then, but he winds up joining the Union Army around 1860. Uh, and he enlists uh, to uh, help beat back the Confederacy. And this guy's seeing some action. He gets very, very seriously injured uh, in the siege of Vicksburg, which is led by, like we said, former uh, a guy who would go on to be President Ulysses S. Grant. He served under him. Mm. So that's pretty wild. Now, uh, not for nothing, uh, the Confederacy pretty much has its back broken around this time because Vicksburg is a huge loss for them. And then they also lose the biggest battle of the entire war in Gettysburg. Mm -hmm. So uh, Bart is a good soldier, though, dude. You want to talk about getting promoted on the battlefield, Mikey? Yes. All right. Battlefield promotion, by the way, would be uh, your boss got killed or your boss is proving that he can't do it. So then you immediately battlefield promote somebody into that spot. Kind of like Chris behind the ones and twos yeah. right now. All right. It's like every war movie where it's like, oh, no, who's in charge now? You are. You're the highest ranking officer here, sir. It's... What? I'm just the medic. <laughs> well, imagine going from being just a, a regular soldier here. He rises to the rank of first sergeant. Okay. Now, uh, first sergeant, that's a big deal in the army too. I got out of the Navy. I was a second class petty officer. That's an E5. That would be like a sergeant in the army, but a first sergeant, that's a big swinging dick. All right. (laughs) So, um, what was Sergeant Slaughter? Uh, so he was uh, a real American. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, no post siege of uh, Vicksburg, Bart is actually now following orders under another famous union general. Now this is cooler. We're not going to burn this whole topic here. Burn pun intended. If you can tell where I'm going, Mm -hmm. um, which I know Chris picked up on. Um, so there's a thing that happens, uh, towards the end of the civil war here. There's a policy adapted known as total war. Okay. Like we talked about earlier, Mike, that is 
a scorched earth policy. That's burn everything. Like, hey, I'm going to fuck up your railroads. I'm going to burn down uh, your food supplies. All I'm fair torching and love ev- and war. It really is. It's like I'm going to you. You're you will to quote Game of Thrones. You will bend the knee. Shooting right? in it or uh, prisoners, right? Like, uh, not, not necessarily. Just uh, being a bad bitch. It's making sure you know that there's no way out of this. You're in a war right now. And, and Wait, who said we're doing this? Well, uh, The Confederates or the Union? The Confederates had their raiders as well, so it's not like they're innocent in this. But there's a very famous episode that's happening in history right now that under the orders of William Tecumseh Sherman, who, and we're going to do a whole episode on Sherman's March to the Sea, as it's mm-hmm. known. You ever see Gone with the Wind, Mike? Uh, no, I think there's like racism and some sort of... That's a, it's a very... Games on distress, like people die and have flies on them or something. You're Is actually that? an awesome guest to have for this because Gone with the Wind, um, you know, one of the, the greatest uh, motion pictures ever made, like a cinematic event, if you will. But it does get poorly, you know, there's that uh, that modern set of glasses people like to put on. It's like, oh, well, obviously you can see it. It's like, no, don't, you know, like, let's... Watch the movie, understand what it is, and then understand what we talk about on the show a lot here is the zeitgeist. So um, it's a wild thing, though. There's this march to the sea with Sherman, and Sherman is burning everything in his path. And uh, he, we're going to co- do a whole episode on that uh, before my father leaves. There's not a test on this shit. Not at all. You're good. <laughs> right. I'm like, what the fuck? You're doing great, I can't buddy. plagiarize this. You're not <laughs> writing this down. It's I'm a- writing this down. <laughs> um, How do you spell Zeitgeist? It's like, is that a Star Wars reference? That is a German word. The German word for oh. the spirit of the times. Nice. So, uh, but not for nothing, um, there's uh, this whole march to the sea. It it's, starts off as total war. It turned, There's a lot of looting. It's almost a piracy effect here. So it's uh, like riot. It's just mayhem, dude. They burn Atlanta the to the ground. Yeah, they burn Atlanta to the ground. Well, they should do it again because Michael Vick's a pos. Oh, man, it's a, <laughs> a lot of hot takes from old Michael Lewis Salona well, here. I'm a dog lover. It's, a <laughs> it's my favorite position. Well, uh, I'll t- <laughs> he's got two kids, so you know it works. Um, but uh, now, not to say that uh, Bart is good at uh, killing and looting. But uh, during this time frame on this march to the sea, uh, Bart now earns officer promotions. So when you go from enlisted to officer, that's so he must have been he must have done some bad shit. Like, Man, this guy loves burning <laughs> shit. <laughs> We're gonna behead these women and burn them in front of everyone. Okay, no, there, there Whoa, was still Bart, a sense of a. Calm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture him with a flamethrower, like in Platoon. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Bart earns officer promotions to uh, lieutenant, which is a huge, huge deal. And he keeps that rank for his remaining time in the military. He gets discharged honorably. There's paperwork on this in Washington, D.C. So Black Bart, famous Wild West outlaw, is now in the nation's capital, okay, in 1865. And he gets returned to his family uh, back in Illinois. So he goes back to Illinois after that. Now, uh, Black Bart returns to an Illinois uh, that is currently housing... Uh, a five-year-old William Jennings Bryan, who's going to go on to run uh, for president three times and lose all three times. He was another episode of Buffalo the Buffalo Bills. That's <laughs> he was the Buffalo Bills of the presidency. Wow! Um, but uh, here's where Bart kind of becomes Bart for the first time. So we got his his uh, his uh, what's it called in the comic book movies the, uh, the 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 Genesis story or whatever it is. Yeah. Heel turn? <laughs> no, no heel turn. Um, it was a uh, origin story. That's what I'm looking for. So his origin story is here. This is where he's going to become Black Bart now. Um, he was walking down an alley with his parents after an opera, and a robber came up to him and shot his parents in front of him. Oh, shit. Why <laughs> I so must, serious? I must become Black Bart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, Bart is going to become Black Bart now. So he attempts post-war to uh, go back to prospecting. And uh, I get this. This is a common thing with a lot of veterans. Like, man, I, I gave up my – I risked my life. 
I was gravely injured in battle here to defend you guys, and now I can't make ends meet back this home. This is that. I mean, you could talk to this more than me. I've never served anything, uh, but like, even two hundred years ago, the military spit him out, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Uh, I literally just destroyed Atlanta, mm-hmm. and now I can't get a job at Home Depot. It's uh, it's there, man. It's uh, it's much better for vets now. There was a lot of really rough transition periods. But now imagine, too, that the country's, the infrastructure's not really set up. It's like Breaking Bad with healthcare, uh, (laughs) with people leaving the military. They need a sitcom on Black Bart. He's uh, like a modern sitcom where it's uh, a veteran that isn't getting, I guess, uh, the movie The Rock. Ed Harris is like this. He's like, what the hell? It's very much part of it. Um, Now, not for nothing, um, he decides that in order to provide for his family, He's actually, this was common, that the male of the family would go somewhere to provide for them still, but would leave the family for long periods of time. Yeah, it's called Mexican. That's, oh my Come on, God, dude. Michael. I'm Mexican. <laughs> I know you are, but. <laughs> you know how many of my relatives are still in Mexico? It's just, you know, you send them money, you do nice. Mike is uh, uh, Mexican, so he's allowed to say that, I suppose. But si. uh, <laughs> um, Lo siento. But not for nothing, he, uh, he heads out that way, and around 1871, he's back out west, he's prospecting. His wife receives a letter from Bart claiming that he just had an unfavorable interaction. We're going to call it an un- You guys, this is where we're all going to agree with Bart. This is where he becomes uh, a little bit too likable. He gets into it with uh, <laughs> a company known as uh, Wells Fargo. What? Yep. Yeah, they I were, want to uh, fight them too. They were a stagecoach and kind of a obviously they're they're I think they're the fourth largest bank in the entire world right now. Wells Fargo. See. So uh, obviously a lot of controlling interests. Definitely not uh, people you want to cross back in the day. And uh, we covered it on the show. There used to be a thing called debtor's prison, where uh, if you owed money and didn't pay it, I'm pretty sure. And I don't know Chris as well as I I, I should know him before I say this. I think if there was still debtor's prison. Uh, the three of us would probably have all spent a little bit of time in there. That's fair to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, just now, a little bit. Now, not for nothing. Uh, Bart's letters to his wife. Um, you know, they, they went on a little bit of. He, he kind of went silent. He wrote her this last letter where he's like, "Hey, I'm getting into it with uh, these guys from Wells Fargo. They're douchebags." You know, and, and he, he even literally says in the letter, he goes, "And I will get my revenge on them." That's so, I want to interview yeah. the wife. The, like, picture those letters. It's like we just burned Atlanta down. See, hey, I'll write you again in three years. Hey, uh, I'm out. Uh... If he had a smartphone, it would just be him taking a selfie with Atlanta burning <laughs> yeah. down in the background. <laughs> the thing about all these letters are like the equivalent of sexting as well. So like yeah. thing about your yeah. supple bosom he draws as Atlanta's his... burning to the ground. He draws Indeed. his own dick. He's like, here's <laughs> his is for you. This is to scale. This is a tracing. Do you think he was burning Atlanta and took a selfie? He goes, hot Atlanta. It's, it, I think that's where part of that term came from. Wow. By the way. True story. Yeah. Hey, uh, Atlanta's lit. It's oh. a <laughs> AF. Well, um, not for nothing. He gets into a Wells Fargo now. And then this is where um, he, he stops talking to his wife for a little bit, enough that she thinks that he's been killed by Wells Fargo now. Because okay. the overdraft fees. That's it, dude, it's the truth. It really is the truth, man. I can't tell you. Everyone in their life, if you've never been angry at a bank ever before, I don't think you're a person. When you type in the custom and you're like, I'll take out 1723 today. <laughs> <laughs> or my favorite was Bank of America was, oh, sir, uh, we're charging you for the right to have a savings account. What? Yeah, yeah. What? what? The, what why should I not? 
just keep it in a, a pillowcase in my wall if you're going to do this to me, man. Now you're Italian. It's uh, essentially true, man. I hate to say that. You're charging percentage of my why, why, why are you keeping it? <laughs> they're the worst. Uh, but not for nothing. So it, it's a classic thing that the banks are, are almost um, uh, uncontrollable at this time. And uh, so this guy's like, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get my revenge on you bastards. So this is when he turns out to uh, start becoming known as a... Black Bart and Wells Fargo. The man Fargo. in black is playing. It really is. Johnny Cash as he's <laughs> getting, he's writing this letter. This needs to be a show or a movie. Down, 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 down. Isn't this Red Dead uh, Revolver? Red de- Redemption. Red Dead Redemption, essentially? There's a little bit of that to John it. John Marston style? Ooh. Now wait till you guys see this one too because this gets crazy. Uh, Wells Fargo has indeed made an enemy out of the man that is now known as Black Bart. Yes. So between 1875 and 1883, Bart becomes one of the most successful stagecoach robbers in American history. He almost specifically robs Wells Fargo stagecoaches. Okay, Robin Hood. He's well. It's weird. He's got a now. Get this one. Here's a pretty good thing. You have so what is that? Five, six, seven. That's eight years. An eight-year career as a stagecoach robber. Never fires his gun once. Really? Yeah. He's like John Rambo. It's uh, there's something to it. Yeah, dude, he's got, he never fires the gun, but he keeps a shotgun with him. He never actually brandishes it, and none of his eyewitnesses of the crimes ever even suggest that he pointed the gun at them. So he gets pretty clever here, man. Uh, he made away with, during this time frame, thousands of dollars a year, which, if you adjust for inflation, is insane. still pretty damn good. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that, that's, that's decent comedy money for us, thousands of dollars a year. <laughs> I feel like, I had a, back then, they paid people in like wooden teeth and shit. It was, uh, get actual geez. money. Yeah. yeah. You want to chop some wood for breakfast? You can do that. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Scrapple. Well, I always say, too, that with uh, with comics, uh, when we work road gigs, it's uh, it's almost like um, when the booker pays you for a road gig, uh, it's almost like when uh, a person is uh, giving money to a homeless person. They're like, listen, this money is for food and shelter. If I find out you spent it on booze, I'm going to be very upset. Dude, yeah. that's like every promoter across mm-hmm. the country. <laughs> and if you guys don't know, Chris, very successful musician here. I'm, I'm very happy to have you on the show, buddy. Um, so Chris gets it. The music world, yeah. the comedy world, the bank robbing world. They're oh, all kind man, of the they're same. They're all kind of the <laughs> same. The Wild West is real. It's the truth, dude. Now, not for nothing. This is uh, this is great. I, I loved this. I got very excited. He develops a reputation now, our boy Black Bart, as uh, a gentleman bandit. I like yes. that. Yes, a gentleman. That's a good band name, Chris. The, the gentleman, gentleman bandits. Gentleman bandits. That's a, that is a good name. Oh, that is a fun what? Name. Oh, I'll write that down. Michael Salona. Hello. <laughs> our, uh, we're going to have our newfound glory tribute band called the Gentleman <laughs> Bandits. <laughs> Come on. But uh, yeah, he um, he develops this reputation as a gentleman band. Which, by the way, uh, the gentleman bandit thing is very interesting. There's um, there's English Bob in the movie Unforgiven. If you guys have ever seen that, who is partly based off of Black Bart. Now, I, I couldn't find the direct correlation, but there's too much in common. You know what I mean? Um, he seems like he'd be a nice, charming person. Like he, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and not for nothing, too. My Obviously, I'm a, a diehard Simpsons fan. There was an episode of The Simpsons, and Chris, you might know this one, and Mike, you might know this one, too, but I couldn't find the episode. But there was a, a, a robber who was, like, breaking into houses or something like that in Springfield and stealing stuff. And they finally catch him at the end of the – I think it was like like Homer started a neighborhood watch or something. And then they finally catch the guy at the end, and he's English, and he's such a sophisticated gentleman. He goes, he goes, yes, Springfield, I stole from your houses, but let me tell you, this small town has stolen my heart. <laughs> yes. And they just go, like, let's let him off. What a, what a good guy. What a good guy. <laughs> well, not for nothing, that's kind of what um, uh, happens here with uh, this reputation that Black Bart takes on. People are leaving, like, five-star Yelp reviews – 
about getting robbed by him. Like, uh, you know, five stars. Best case scenario. Yeah. Would totally get robbed by him again if I had the choice. It was called Homer the Vigilante. No shit. Oh. Chris, yes. thank you, brother. All right. Homer the Vigilante is that episode. One of, uh, again, there's not a bad episode. Another great band name. Oh, my sweet baby Jesus. brainstorming band names. Do you have episode names? The Gentleman... The Gentleman Bandit Bandit is a great episode. Oh, totally. Black Bart, The Gentleman Bandit. That's what it's going to be. I'm running out of paper for this quiz, so I need (laughs) a pen, too. Well, I'll tell you what. uh, Just to get into it here, um, he now, this is 100% true. You talked about Johnny Cash earlier and uh, famous lines from the movie, and it's also a true story. Uh, The band all wore black because that was the only color they all had together. They played slow because they didn't know how to play any faster. Okay, so that was their whole thing. And people were like, man, you guys, that's really a great style. Like, no, no, this is all we knew how to do. All right, that was it. It's like the Ramones. So get this with Black Bart, dude. Um, he has a reputation as a gentleman bandit who arrives on foot. Okay? You want to know why he arrives on foot? Because he's scared of horses. Okay, true story. I and am too. I mean, you he, should be. It's, uh, well, I mean, look what they did to Superman. Fair. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, now Bart also becomes known for. This doesn't happen quite often, but um, we're in a shared universe. Obviously, these guys are comic book heavy. Uh, what was the calling card that would be left at the scene of a crime that Batman would know that uh, the Joker was involved? It was the Joker card. Exactly. So you knew that you got robbed by Black Bart when he left you a poem that he wrote to you. He wrote a poem? He wrote poems, Emo. Dude. This emo. guy. Mike's been talking about it. He's an emo kid. That's <laughs> I'm a scene girl from 2003. That's why I'm so excited about him. I have he... the studded belt buckle and my hair's halfway cut and it's green. This Black Bart guy was sitting in the woods, painting his fingernails, waiting for carriages to come by, and he would—he was on—he was on foot, but he was wearing Vans. He was wearing Chuck Taylors. He—he he would have his own Vans line right now. I just want to bring you down so bad. It's break you down. All right? I don't know. I grew up you on teach me about man. history. I will teach you about taking back Sunday. <laughs> That's a deal, buddy. I'm Tell sorry. all your friends. It's Saturday, man. Hey, uh, bada bing. Fantastic joke. Early November. Um, but not for nothing, this gentleman bandit reputation is pretty interesting here. Just think about it for a second. Uh, he's obviously going to get covered fondly if his own victims are saying good stuff about him. Now he's going to get picked up. Uh, the, the pulp magazines are writing about him. The newspapers are writing about him. This is an English gentleman bandit writing poems for the people that he was robbing. I mean, that's a decent writing prompt if we're trying to come up with a bit or a script or a song idea. But the uh, the story goes, this is pretty great here. So he leaves his calling card of the poems. But uh, his first robbery entails him walking down the trail. So the stagecoach is coming down, and he walks up. He's got a shotgun in his hand. He never points it at the driver. He demands that they, quote, drop the box, meaning the cash box, on the stagecoach. So now when the driver hesitates to comply, Bart then turns his head over to the hills and the bushes and instructs his men should he not drop the box, chaps, fire a heavy volley. And there are no men. Yep. Genius. There are no men. So immediately the guy uh, gives up the cash box. Like, oh, shit, I'm wrong. I can't believe how many guys he has here. Throws the cash box down. Bart walks away with it. Stagecoach driver's now left alive with everybody else in the stagecoach. They're just grateful to not be, you know, dead. Cheerio, chap, chap. Yep. As they start pulling back, the stagecoach driver turns his head around and realizes that all the rifle barrels that he like, thought he was seeing coming out of the bushes, it was all sticks that were set up to look like guns. So this was a one-man army And here. here's here's how I know he's emo, all right? Oh, These man. sticks were painted black, used it on his nails. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. He was in there with eyeliner. 
his hair parted down the side. Well, it's uh, it's wild, man. You're you're dead on about this too. Yeah. There's so many weird pop culture references that I'm pretty sure we typically like to have a Kahuna jaw drop moment on the show. We're gonna get Chris on one of these because I can already tell he's gonna appreciate the weird thing you found. Um, so not for nothing. Uh, it, it's the single, lone, apprehensive gunman. He's not killing people. He's taking money. He's robbing just specifically Wells Fargo for the most. I'm sure he's robbing other people as he goes. But um, but his reputation grows more and more as, like we said, his victims are leaving him Yelp reviews. Like, this is fantastic. Yeah. And the poetry's it. great. It's a <laughs> um, well, he, you, real he, quick, I have um, the, one of the poems. I want you to read it at the end because I, I, okay. I, I have a whole thing set up for you with that. This is great. Okay. I didn't bring my acoustic guitar to cry while I'm reading <laughs> Your it. Your hair is everywhere. <laughs> Screaming infidelities. <laughs> he cries on that song. I love it. Oh, man. Well, Bart's uh, bank robbery career now lasts a whopping eight years, uh, with the uh, first taking place in 1875. The last ends in 1883. Isn't the Wild West only three decades anyway? Essentially, yes. Because um, it ends in like 19, 1912 was like the true, like, all right, all the dust is settling. Now what do we got? Depression. Yeah, yeah it's going to be, uh, we're gearing up for world wars at that point. The Wild West the died when war. Will Smith made a movie about it. That was horrible. It was, uh, that was a biography, actually. That was a, technically a documentary. Yeah. That's a <laughs> Which comes back to Kevin Smith. He was going to write for it and they wanted him to make that big ass spider. And he said, no, that's stupid and walked off. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. No shit. Cool. Look at Mike's. Is he? Mike keeps saying. I'm good I'm at done. this. Uh, I'm not good at history. Just random facts that no one asks for. He keeps saying he's dumb, Chris, but he's just not. Um, it's called autism. <laughs> 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 and uh, again, he is Mexican. He's allowed to say that. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> I'm messing around, man. Obviously, these are all. Everything's jokes. okay if you leave a leave a poem. That's so. Yeah. At the end of the podcast, I'll leave a poem. People go, you know what? We like them. <laughs> touching okay well uh you're correct on that too and not for nothing it's uh his final robbery is actually going to occur at the same place that his first robbery does here's i don't know the spoiler i don't know if he gets shot at the end so i'm so i didn't want to research too much okay no so i'm I'm so nervous and excited we're gonna stick this landing then brother i'm pretty happy Uh he has a criminal profile before criminal profiles were a thing returning to the scene of the crime oh you're right got it you're right well it's he operates in the the california and oregon areas for a lot, which is interesting. So he didn't I, die of dysentery, which is really great. I'm assuming, we, we talked about that too. I said I, I died of consumption can, in Salt Lake City. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming he robs someone. It turns out to be a girl. He falls in love. She breaks his heart. He commits suicide because he's emo. No, he's married. <laughs> Writes an album. Oh, come on, he's emo. Oh, wait, but is he? He's a hopeless romantic. Is what a, he is. Yeah, his last words were, "We were merely freshmen." Yeah, <laughs> that's not emo. <laughs> But uh, not for nothing, like we said, uh, Bart gets caught off guard here uh, on this this final robbery, if you will, because the cash box is now bolted to the floor of the carriage. So he's got to figure out, well, how the hell am I going to get this out? Do I because have of to... his history, people yep, were because like, because for oh. eight years, these Wells Fargo stagecoaches are getting robbed. Wells Fargo is smart. Now they're hiring detectives to try to track him down. Um, they're they're making uh, security advancements. So they bolt the cash box to the ground. Takes him a little bit longer here. But this is how... Little happenstance things, like when you size up a scene, there's what you there's always a thing like the, the world as you see it is not exactly how it is. So in this particular uh, instance, Black Bart sees the stagecoach and he goes, "All right, there's this many people on." Unfortunately, when they were going around this body of water out there uh, in California, uh, the way that the trail was, it was such a long way around to get past this creek 
that the, uh, Black Bart did not know that this guy named Jimmy Rolleri, okay, nice little Italian kid from Jersey coming out. <laughs> um, he pops off there and he goes, hey, man, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to hop off the stagecoach and I'm going to meet you on the other side of this creek because I want to hang out and try to go hunting down here real quick while you're going around the long way. So stagecoach driver lets him off. Stagecoach driver has a great name, by the way. His name is Reason McConnell. Ooh. Yeah, a cousin of Shooter McGavin. Um, <laughs> but uh, Reason McConnell is now the stagecoach driver, and he drops Jimmy off. Jimmy goes down to the creek to try to go uh, hunting or whatever. And now uh, as Jimmy goes to meet back up with the stagecoach, he's sitting there and he sees him. He goes, what happened? And Reason's like, we got robbed by Black Bart. He goes, oh, is that why you guys took so long? He goes, yeah, well, the, the cash box is strapped down now with metal bars. It took him a while to get it off, and he made us, you know, we had a dehorse and stuff like that. It was, it was bad stuff. And they said, well, uh, where is the guy? And he goes, uh, well, give me your hunting rifle. Let's go after him. So they go after Black Bart now. And Don't they... tell me an Italian guy killed Black Bart. <laughs> well, it's hilarious because they're- He's um... like, look at you, you goth gay. And he's like, I'm emo, guys. I'm emo. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it's uh, Jimmy Rolleri and uh, uh, Christopher Moltisanti going after. <laughs> Put your hands up there. Uh, hey, what are you doing over there? This guy. You look like Ozzy Osbourne, you freak. <laughs> <laughs> so they go after him. And now now imagine how funny this is, is to see Black Bart, the English gentleman, running through the desert with In a all box. black. Yeah. Skinny jeans. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's running around uh, uh, with his cash box, and they start shooting at him. They get shots oh. off at him. Uh, now they fire. Shots f- fired. Four shots. Four shots are fired. Uh, and there were differing accounts. Uh, some reason was telling people that he shot all the shots. Jimmy's saying he was involved. Um, they're, they're saying that uh, the, the, oh, well, we hit him three times because they find a little bit of blood. They don't catch him, but they find a little bit of blood. What winds up happening of the four shots, the last shot, the fourth one, uh, hits Black Bart in the hand. So. He's his now, writing hand? It's a, <laughs> Dude, even, his I didn't poems. even think of that. <laughs> his poems. You can't, That's like making uh, a painter blind. Oh, my God. <laughs> we took his hand. So um, he has to stash his shotgun in a, uh, a hollowed-out tree, and he has to hide the cash box uh, somewhere also in another hiding spot. He makes away with like 500 bucks worth of that's gold the th- coins. He's sending money back to his family, but we like my mind is so modern that I'm like, hey, why is the- he had to carry these boxes in yes. the woods and try? Would he rob, go home, rob, go home? Because rob- you're saying it's these big chests, and back then it's like coins and shit. I don't know what it was. Wait till you hear where he was living during this time. Because he's in a he, tree. He's not going back to Illinois. He's, all these robberies are taking place in but California. But how is he Oregon. sending money home? Um, postal service still. Uh, yeah, there's a postal service. There's uh, there's a little bit of. Um, What's the money back then? Well, he has to hide is it it. bills. There's bills. There's coins. He has okay. to hide a lot of it. So, um, but not for nothing. Uh, they uh, and this this joke was ri- literally written because Kahuna gives me a face whenever I write a bad pun on purpose. Um, but uh, what were the names of the guys that went after him? It was Jimmy and Reason McConnell, right? So uh, as they're firing at him, all right, and this was written for Kahuna, and when he, I don't know if you're going to edit this, Chris, or if he is, we're going to make fun of him anyway. But uh, so uh, as they're sitting there, and Black Bart's running through the woods with this money, trying to hide his stuff now, um, as they're getting ready to shoot, Jimmy tells him to freeze, right? Reason told him to stop. Jimmy tells him to freeze again. Jimmy then shoots Bart in the hand and says, you should have listened to Reason. I like that. I don't think that's stupid. That's great. <laughs> it was a grief. That's a pun. badass moment. That's a <laughs> well. Uh, of the four shots that were fired, like we said, when <sighs> one hits the hand here. Now, um, 
the gentleman bandit is forced to leave a bunch of personal items behind. <sighs> this is how they catch him. Okay, the Wells Fargo detectives are uh, getting involved now. One of the things that was left was a high-end handkerchief. This is the gentleman bandit. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's got mm-hmm. a nice handkerchief. A studded belt. You know it. <laughs> it's uh, he left behind his the used T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> So, a um, taste of ink. On the <laughs> well, they, they leave behind this uh, uh, handkerchief that has uh, th- what's known as a laundry mark. Okay, so in boot camp, in order to have our laundry done, we would have to we had a stamp that said uh, our name, our last four, and then the division we were uh, in. Plus, you, handkerchiefs back then had your name written in it. A lot of them did. Monogrammed. This one had a uh, yeah, if you were higher end for sure. Um, and then this one had a a laundry mark that was so that the launderer knew whose stuff to put it back in with, and that it was obviously yours. So they track this uh, laundry mark down. They go all through San Francisco. They visit, I think it's like over 50 to 100 um, different launderers, if you will, to try to figure this out. Um, That's a long laundry list. It, it really... <laughs> Yay! Kahuna drop. Yep. <laughs> Kahuna would be walking out of the room right now. Um, <laughs> but not for nothing, they track this back, uh, this handkerchief, to a modest boarding house in California. I believe it was in the San a Francisco hostel? area. So he's living out in San Francisco, but then he travels out into the desert to go pull off his robberies or whatever. Oh, it's in the desert. Mm-hmm. It's not in the woods. Well, uh, it's it's a combination of things because it's you're wearing all black. It's in the rural desert. California, rural California, oh, uh, rural damn. California, man. But emo in the desert doesn't sound fun. That's hot, <laughs> man. And you want to stay really fair skinned, so he must have put on a lot of uh, like sunscreen. You'd imagine, right? That's uh, SPF Irish, as we called it in my house growing SPF. up. Um, but not for nothing, uh, they find this resident who calls himself Mr. Spaulding. And Spaulding uh, claimed to be a mining engineer. Captain Spaulding. And it was interesting because his business trips, Mike, would uh, always conveniently occur during the same time and uh, place almost as these Wells Fargo stagecoach robberies. Have you seen Bart and the robber in the same place at the same time? You know I haven't. <laughs> he holds up those like, photo drop mustache. He's like, it's not me. No, what you mean? It, it, right. it's not too far off. Um, <laughs> he takes his makeup off. They don't recognize him. <laughs> He's like, fuck my chemical romance. They're like, yeah, it's not him. All right. Uh, I like DMX personally. But, um, so, yeah, Mr. Spaulding. Uh, the only funny thing about Mr. Spaulding is um, there's letters you know, addressed to him that are calling him by his real name, which is Charles Bowles. So they know it's Black Bart. They're like, hold up your hand. He's like, I can't. <laughs> I want to see your hand. I was born without them. Uh, uh, now, quick question for you, uh, Mr. Bowles. Where were you around this? Oh, I was busy robbing. Ah, damn, you got me. Son of a So, But, uh, yeah, so they wind up catching him, uh, and these uh, Wells Fargo uh, oh, detectives man. capture him. When arrested, though, Bart only catches charges for the final robbery. They can't tie him to the last oh, eight yeah. years of his criminal career. So. Back then, it literally was the Wild West because you'd be like, yeah, oh, those weren't me. They're like, yeah, I guess we don't know. It's uh, correct, too. Now, they're able to get him on the last one, so it's better to get him for something than nothing. Now, this likely also saves his life. He's still, you know, don't get me wrong, it's a bad time for him. They hang people and shit, right? Could be hung, could be uh, also a, a, a very long sentence in prison. He's not a young man either at this time, too. How old is he? Uh, well, he's, he's getting up there in age. To be fair, he's got to be hung as hell because of all these robberies That's on a, foot. Hello. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well played, Chris. He's an old emo? That's even worse. It's a, well, um, Cure fan. Vintage. Yeah, just a, a Velvet Vintage. Underground. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but the police reports uh, and newspaper write-ups are continuing to speak very highly of the intellect and the manners shown by Black Bart while being incarcerated. Okay? Uh Bart serves four years of a six-year sentence at, get this, 
the legendary San Quentin prison. Ooh, really? I, I know okay. the name. What is that from, though? Uh, well, the San Quentin prison, for me, the way I always know it, because first of all, it's a great name, San Quentin. That, that's, that strikes fear into your heart to begin with. That's got a Rikers Island vibe to it, you know what I mean? But San Quentin prison, for me, always conjures up the St. Anger video from Metallica. Yeah. When they play in the prison. Oh, man, that's Is that what sound. it's from? It's I'll a... never unhear that worse snare. Yes. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> We're going to take down Napster. You music snobs. <laughs> Couple of music snobs in here. Crapping on my boy Lars. Come on. Um, but uh, he serves, like I said, four of the six years upon his release for good behavior, mind you. He was a model prisoner and everybody liked him in the oh. prison. Because he, he wrote poems for everyone. And he, uh, a British accent will get you far in life. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was uh, uh, the press now swarm him on his release, and uh, this is he'd where be I, a celebrity nowadays. He would be yeah. without a doubt. He was a celebrity in his own day, to be yeah. fair. Um, now Bart comes out of here, and he uh, the crowd's coming up to him like, well, "What's next for you, Bart? What are you? Who are you looking to rob now? What's Wells Fargo going to do? You're an influencer." And he, uh, you're. <laughs> How'd yeah. they get you in the cell with those balls that are so big? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and his uh, his slim fit tee that he's about to be an advertiser oh, yeah. for. But uh, no, he um, he comes out and he tells the crowd, he goes, he goes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm done with a life of crime, that kind of a thing. So uh, he's done with it. And to his merit, he never commits another crime. However, because what happens when you owe a bank money? They ever forget about it? They ever say, hey, never. you know what? The Wells Fargo detectives stalk him the rest of his life. <sighs> Prison aged him horribly. He started to go blind. He was definitely no longer a handsome young. Because the people that described him, they would often say he was he was a, an attractive man who, like women were into him while he was robbing them, kind of a thing. It was weird, but the charisma. Book, yeah, he really. Uh, that's a great word for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, Bart is now hounded as a free man by these Wells Fargo detectives. He winds up writing to his wife again to let him know, hey, I'm okay. I'm sure she read about him in the papers at this point. Uh, he would never see her in person again, but he is writing to her. And in his writings, he was getting very depressed and very saddened and uh, uh, literally talking about possibly committing suicide. Wow. Emo kid, like you said. Damn. So. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go ahead. I'm going to tell you what, Mike. I want you to explain why this is significant here real quick. Because you told me this on the phone. I thought it was a damn good one. So uh, he was such a big celebrity. Correct. He, he oh my God, he's uh, Connor Oberst from uh, Bright Eyes. Bright Eyes. <laughs> he genuinely, uh, he was celebrated. And they have a parade called the Black uh, Bart, or the Black Parade, mm -hmm. which is a famous my Chemical Romance. He is yep. emo to a yep. T. We got him. We got him. You see? You got him right there. Yep. A so, tear. One single tear is coming Kahuna's out. Kahuna's not here. We have the, the Chris Jaw drop now. This podcast is When he is was still... a young boy <laughs> just robbing a carriage in the woods. <laughs> the desert. The <laughs> desert. Well, um. To not... see a march. He, uh, uh, prison definitely aged him like we were saying here too. And he is last seen on February 28th, 1888. Okay. Emos die in the winter. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, uh, he's never seen again, really. There's a lot of different stories. Somebody said that uh, he actually made it back to Illinois with his wife. Other people say that he uh, made his way to Japan and, wow. di and died of old age in Japan. How the fuck you get to Japan? I don't know. I mean, how do you wind up an English-born bank robber in yeah. the Wild West? It, it's, you know, he was. this was a man who knew how to get things done. So let's see. If he's in his old age, it's probably like what? Getting on a nineteen twenty. He's going to Japan. They're still under imperial rule. Yep. Man, he's set for some wild things over there just yep. as well. Yep. 
if you get my Tokyo Drift. Uh, hey, oh, bye, bye, man. Well, like we said, he gets He's mentioned. Become a samurai. Uh, <laughs> That's what happened. He becomes this uh, larger-than-life figure, though, that people are still reporting about him. And he's, he's written about quite a lot. He appears in a lot of famous literature. He appears in different video games. Uh, obviously, there's characters either directly based off of him yeah. or, or loosely based off of him with different names in a lot of movies and TV shows. Um, not for nothing here. And you hit that Black Parade thing for the whole emo kit thing, which is hilarious. I, I loved that. Um, which one of the poems did you write down? Oh, I just screen grabbed on uh, Wikipedia because I was like, ah, he writes poems. I'll tell you what, you, you read the first but they're one. They're legit. Do them in an English accent, though. That's all I, I, I You do one and I'll do I one. I have these two here. I want you, you read the first one in an English accent if you can. I'm going to read the second okay. one and then we're going to get out of here. I've labored long and hard for bread, for honor and for riches. But on my corns too long you've tread, you fine-haired son of a bitches. <laughs> this is the poems that he would leave on the crime scenes. This, it, it became his calling card. He only really did it twice that they can confirm. Okay, And there was a copycat uh, robber, by the way. Boo. Someone tried a to cover be, band. Yeah, a co- yeah. <laughs> tried to play the greatest hits. I get it. Get out of here. So he, uh, this copycat person, the detective that tracked him down from Wells Fargo, actually was brought onto the case to say, "Hey, is Black Bart back out there? Is he doing it again?" And uh, they're like, "No. First of all, we're tracking Black Bart all over the place and harassing him, which led to him just disappearing." Okay. And then um, I believe the guy's name was George Hume was the detective that they brought back in for this, and the guy um, he investigates everything and based off the handwriting was able to determine that this was not Black Bart. He goes, oh, and his poems stink. Bart was a good writer. So, <laughs> so uh, now He's this, like a cooler William Shakespeare. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's definitely there, man. Now, this second verse that he left... Um, this is very emo. I'm going to... Yeah, I'll do it just to, to try to counter the emo lyrics. What I'll do is uh, I'll do... Because you did a different British accent. And like we said, there's very different accents. So just because of how I look and how the world perceives me, I'll have to do a little bit of a different accent, Michael. Snatch? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, here I'll lie me down to sleep, to wait the coming morrow, perhaps success, perhaps defeat, and everlasting sorrow. Let come what will, I'll try it on. My condition can't be worse. And if there's money in that box, tis money in my purse. Thank you, Mr. Wayne. Yep. <laughs> I just want to break you down so Exactly. Badly. There's <laughs> the word sorrow, defeat, here I lay me down to sleep. I mean, there's bands. Here I lay dying. Uh, every time I die, the, he is an emo kid Someone through and through. Someone took that totally. poem and has definitely written into a song a but bunch of times. Like his, uh, his other last poem was, uh, um, However Far Away, I Will Always Love You. Oh. <laughs> and I... <laughs> no, I'm doing the cure, man. The cure. Uh, here's um, here's how we give one back. Here's how we give it back to Black Bart. I am calling. I want a call to action to all the emo scenesters out there. I want you to go to a Wells Fargo bank (laughs) and write this lyric with uh, spray paint on the wall. You could slit my throat, and in my last gasp of breath, I'd apologize for bleeding on your shirt. Hashtag BB Black Bart. Boom. Mike is by far our most controversial guest on the show now because of that. His call to action is more disturbing than ours. But uh, Write yeah. a poem for your loved one. Hello. It, it is good on that one. And, and not for nothing, guys. This was a good topic. I was very happy to have you guys in here. It's awesome to meet you and get to hang with you, Chris. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to come back on the show, even Real if quick, it's just who, as a guest. Who would play him in a movie or a show? That's the thing Rob we usually Pat- do with Ensign? the Oh, that ain't bad at all. Michael K. Batman? <laughs> Black Bart Bat? Recounting if, uh, as the tales of Black Bart, Michael Caine. That would be a bad at all. Well, you have it like 
the young, the middle-aged, and the old, and they all tell the story. And it's like, oh, man. That's not bad at all. Michael Caine, Robert Pattinson. Going to the copyright office right now. (laughs) And Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, not for nothing. Every time we do this, because there's a segment at the end of the episode we do called Kahuna's Casting Couch, where he tells us who who should play in the movie. Right. Uh, And Kahuna, every time he's just sitting there, and I'm like, in the back, he goes, this is a really good idea, actually. And I'm like, if he writes this. fuck. If that says yeah, if he writes this and gets it made and ignores me, I will hunt him down and kill him. <laughs> but I will th- get my revenge. That's uh, in this life or the next. <laughs> but uh, and then leave a poem. It's the truth, man. Now uh, we are wrapping up here because uh, uh, it, it's been a weird Saturday. Uh, yeah, it, it's been no, dude. But this was a good blizzard. one. It was a, a yeah. I, we don't want to get oh, out we of didn't here. Even for, look outside. Shit. It's going to be bad. We were mm. trapped in here once after a Poncho Via episode, and we were all drinking oh, tequila, waiting for the snowstorm to drive. Uh, That's pretty dang. Oh, Poncho, but, uh, oh, really? I need to check that out. It was a good, dude. We got some killer episodes, man. But uh, I was so happy. One of my great friends in comedy, uh, a very funny guy. Uh, what? Come on, you have something you're supposed to be plugging that's available on Amazon, Michael. Yeah, so you could check out. Uh, my debut comedy special called Calzone Farm. If you have Amazon Prime, you could watch it for free. Uh, so it's exactly what it's worth. Check it out. You'll laugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go to MikeSalonaComedy.com. Um, I got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, if you it. go this to my website. This will probably come out. Uh, plug your dates and I'll make sure it lines up. I'm just, I just do it generically. In... Uh, February, I'm in New Jersey five or six different times. So go to MikeSalonaComedy.com to get more. In March, I'm in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, Staten Island, New York, Catasauqua, Pennsylvania, Bushkill, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts, Vermont, up all the way for, till from now until June. So oh, all yeah, over dude. the place. Good stuff. Man. So doing some fun stuff. And uh, I have Social a web media. series. Uh, that came out called Marketing Mike. And uh, I think it's one of the funniest things I've ever done. It's me uh, trying to pitch com- real commercial ideas to real brands. Oh, boy. <laughs> so it's people like Hillary Clinton. I've, I've watched a couple of those. Hillary Clinton, to get back, uh, she needs to join pro wrestling because they're both fake. <laughs> hey, uh, or like uh, Paula Dean, she said the N-word. Look, I'm from Pennsylvania. I get it. But... To get back on TV. This episode ain't coming out in February, I'll to, tell you that much. To get back on TV. Oh here's the thing. No, no, no. Great, great thing. People love an underdog story. She gets a cooking channel on BET. <laughs> and if it does well and America forgives her, then all right, we're it's even. It's a fish out of water story. It's a fish I out of water. It. Good underdog. FIFA goes west, baby. Come on. <laughs> so go to YouTube. Check out Marketing Mike. Check out my uh, YouTube clips. And uh, obviously support KP Burke. This podcast was awesome. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to coming back because I know nothing. I learned more today than I did in all of plagiarizing through high school. No, dude, you were a great guest, man. I was happy to finally have you on here, yes. too. Uh, not for nothing. Real quick, uh, Chris, if you're no pressure. You want to plug the name of your band? I would love that. If not, oh, yeah. whatever you want to do, buddy. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, if you want to check out an awesome alternative rock band on your favorite New Jersey channel, The Rat, you can check out Serious Matters NJ. That is Serious Matters NJ. Google it, and you will find us, baby. You got to write a song called Black Bart. It's uh, already gen- gentlemen's, done. <laughs> uh, gentlemen's, what is it? The Gentleman's Band. The Gentleman's Band. Gentleman's Band. Indeed. Oh my God, Indeed. I love that. But uh, not for nothing, guys. As we're wrapping up here, thank you so much if you're a regular listener of the show. I know LP and Kahuna weren't in the building today, but I feel like we we definitely dealt with. We overcame every obstacle thrown our way here today, guys. All right. 
We um, Like Black Bart. Indeed. And not for nothing, um, this was a fun one. I was very happy to do it. Thank you to Mike and Ming at A Shared Universe taking great care of us as always. Uh, if you guys like the show, check us out. We have the American Loser Podcast Instagram. That's where I'm trying to post more of the content lately. Uh, if you like the show and all, if you could leave us a written review on iTunes, definitely helps us out. We are very proud to say that all of our reviews are from actual listeners. So there is that. And not for nothing, guys, uh, if you like, uh, if you want to check out my comedy schedule, come out and see me. I'm in Jersey, New York, so, uh, New York City all the time. Uh, it's at uh, KPBurkSucks on Instagram. I recently deleted my Twitter, which broke my heart. I had to take screenshots because my two favorite comics are Nick DiPaolo and Colin Quinn, and they both followed me on there. And I had to take shots that says, follows you. So <laughs> screenshots that said, follow, before I could give myself the courage to delete my Twitter. Emo. It really is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so over on Instagram, it's at KP Burke sucks. KP Burke over on Facebook. If you add me, guys, and it's because you're a listener of the show, just message me that that's why you're, you know, you're reaching out. Otherwise, I think it's a spam account of some sort of a you know cleaning service. <laughs> but that being said, guys, uh, we had a great time on this episode today. Thank you to Chris uh, for helping us out. You really did a great job, man. I'm very grateful for you. Uh, thank you to my guest, Mike Salona. Uh, LP will be back. <laughs> We're going to get LP in for one more here before he becomes uh, South Beach Larry again. But guys, uh, that being said, that was Black Bart, American Loser. An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born.